Welcome to the Seek, Go, Create podcast. This is Tim Winders, your host. Thank you for downloading and listening. I really appreciate all of you, all of you that are sharing and giving us comments. It just means a great deal to me to get all of that feedback. We really appreciate it. Today, I have Kimberly Malusis as our guest. Kimberly is a natural health entrepreneur and a Christian abundance coach. I'm going to have fun with that one. We're going to have fun with that. She's focused on empowering women to renew their mind, their body, and their business. Kimberly is also a full-time mom and loves swimming at the spa, organic gardening, and her community of moms. She is also a CPA tax specialist. What a combination there. Turned essential oil expert, which, as you can like and conclude, also means that she is, this is her words, I have to say this, is mildly eccentric and moderately crazy. Her words, not mine. Kimberly, welcome to the Seek Go Create podcast. Oh, it's so great to be here. Yeah, so really good. good. Now, before we get going, one of the things I like to do, I give, even though when you when you open it up that you're mildly eccentric and moderately crazy, it makes me want to ask more about it. But I always like to ask people, just in your own words, just give us a quick elevator pitch. What do you do? Well, I believe that the best way to describe it is that I empower people. So if it's in the area of their health, I empower them to have natural health remedies right on hand so that they can always deal with what's coming at them. If it's for their financial health, I empower them about how to create residual income from their home so that they can still do all the things they love and be really be um, kind of getting the money issue out of the way to focus on what God calls them to do. And I think that empowerment is the best word, and that's why I called my company Empowered Living. Well, I, I agree with you. Empower, empowerment is a, I, I kind of get stumbled on it there. That is a great word. And I think when you say that, most of us will, it'll resonate with us. And so thank you for sharing that. Now, before we get started, what part of the world are you in? And and what is what is going on in your world currently? You know, in, in podcast land, we typically don't like to date these podcasts. However, there's a lot of things happening in early April of 2020 as we're recording this. So what part of the world are you in and how are things going there? Well, I live in Canada and I live in Ontario and uh, that's uh, more east. So for those of you who are familiar with the United States, it's kind of north of New York. And uh, what's happening here? Well, pretty much the same is happening in the United States, except for I think a little more restrictive. We're down to not being able to have more than five people together in any one location. So it does make things a little tricky, but I'm very grateful to live in the countryside. So I still get the beauty of going outside, but yeah, I think there's a lot of fear here as it's happening around the world. And so, yeah, there's um, also a lot of hope in my community. So I'm really grateful for that. And why, why is there hope in your community? Tell, tell me more about that because I believe that that's what we need right now. We sure do. And so one of the things is I'm part of an amazing faith community that really stops to listen. You know, what is God doing in these days? So that's its own source of hope. I'm so grateful for the voices of those who've been speaking into what they've been really sensing that God is doing in this time. And I believe also the promises of scripture that, you know, God is the God of all hope. So I'm really grateful for that. But my community and my business is also full of hope. Because what we do is we help to empower people in situations just like what we're facing now 
to not feel afraid of what's coming at them, but to recognize that their bodies were actually made to be able to handle what it is and that we can do things to strengthen our immune system. We can do things from an essential oil perspective to actually stop transmission of proteins between the virus and your cell. Um, we can help people financially because even when there being you know, a million people being laid off, all of my team are still working and working hard. And one, last month was one of our best months ever because we've been able to serve more people. So I feel like there's a lot of hope. Yeah. And, and we'll, I want to talk more about that business and, mm-hmm. and the products you deal with. You may or may not know this, but I am somewhat of an essential oil. I, I'll use the term junkie. I am addicted to lavender and I will coat myself with it very often. And, and we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but uh, there are some, worse spices. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're exactly right. So, and I, I at least smell good and all. And I, I, at some point my wife jokes, you know, it's not a cure all. It doesn't, cure everything. I'm going, ah, it's, it does a lot of good though. Yeah. Close. So one of the things that you mentioned, you know, I, I still, though, I can't, I can't leave this, this sentence that you put in your bio mildly eccentric and moderately crazy. And, and I want it. Can I, can I share just a quick story about how I, I was extremely excited about communicating with you and I can't even remember really how we connected. It's, you know, when you start doing podcasts and we have social media, you connect with people in such a, in such a, I call it a divine way. And so I, I thoroughly believe that, but I, I, my, my daughter often is my assistant. Well, right now she's on maternity leave with our first grandchild and so my wife is yeah. filling in for her. And all of a sudden I hear my wife, Glory, the other day say, she was just laughing out loud. And she said, um, I just got a message from Kimberly. And Kimberly canceled the podcast interview. <laughs> Do you know this story? Is this okay for me to share? If you want me to stop, yes. stop. <laughs> No, no, you go right ahead. And, and then Glory's just laughing, which truthfully we all need to be laughing right now at this time. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, my goodness, Kimberly or her assistant just answered back, says she's so sorry. She meant to cancel her dentist appointment, <laughs> not her podcast interview. <laughs> What happened? What's up with that? <laughs> oh, I I was in stitches and I said to my my daughter who was in the in the kitchen, I said, "Oh yes, they're bringing me on as this entrepreneur extraordinaire and I canceled that appointment thinking it was my dentist and I was just I couldn't stop laughing. So I am so sorry. <laughs> it was just one of those things, you know, I was at a you know, busy entrepreneur, really. I just have so much on the go right now. Last month really was our busiest month. And I knew I had to cancel my dentist appointment. So something in April, I saw an appointment for it. I clicked cancel and I thought I did it. <laughs> no. But I don't think you're intending to do my teeth, were you? Uh, no, and I'm not even sure that this time in history is a good time to be doing teeth or any <laughs> getting around people's mouths or any anything like that. But I guess that's a great example of the eccentric and moderately crazy. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My team pretty much knows that, you know, I'm bound to be very cheesy. Uh, I'm bound to be very, you know, kind of like a Mrs. Bean at times with the crazy uh, stunts that I pull. Um, but at the same time, you know, they really, they really trust me as a professional, but they do laugh at me very frequently. And I don't mind. Laughing is a good thing right now. Well, I, 
it, it was really interesting because that happened around the time I was doing my research and checking out, and I saw that line that you said. I went, huh, we're going to have a fun interview. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Who knows what's going to come out of this mouth? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You, you also mentioned there's a statement that I read somewhere in your information that said you were addicted to growth. Addicted to growth. And I want to ask you two things related to that and just kind of talk to us and the audience about number one, how do you define growth? And number two, what do you mean by that, that you're addicted to growth? Yeah, so that's a very good question. One of the things that I've always said is that growth is something that we should expect to see on an ongoing basis, whether we're talking about in a business or in a person or in a garden. If it's not growing, it's dead. And I don't think any of us want to be dead. And so I feel like growth is one of the things that, number one, brings joy. When I go out to my garden and I've planted little seedlings and they're a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger, and then one day they're bearing something, you feel super excited about that because you are able to participate with God in this beautiful process called growth. And I think likewise, to see it in someone's life um, creates that same excitement. It's not always as obvious, but it's, it's always as rewarding, if not more, because it's an eternal reward that happens there. And I think my whole journey has been just seeking God and creating that growth pattern in my own life because where I came from is quite different than where I am. And I think that that journey from where I was to where I am is meant to be an encouragement to others, uh, that anybody can go from some of the worst of circumstances to some of the best of circumstances um, through the process of growth. And I think that that's why growth brings me so much excitement. So growth to me is becoming greater and better than what you were yesterday. Um, and growth is, you know, even if it's just one step further, it's closer to what God intended for you to be. And so I love that process. In fact, I had my friend say over me, she's kind of a, um, got a lot of insight, we'll say. And she said, Kimberly, you are at war with people living under their potential. And I thought that's a great way to explain it. Yeah, that's very good. And and I do. I love that word growth. There were many years that I that I said that I was a growth coach. And so but I do think that the word means different things to different people. You know, Kimberly, one of the things I realized in my life at one point, I think this was maybe a good self-awareness, was that I was more focused on the destination than the journey. Mm. And, and I'm wondering if maybe you can kind of go a little bit deeper on that growth, because there are some people that they are wired that, that we and they believe that they will get to a place, and especially in the type business you're in. I've got a background in, in multi-level marketing and business, and I was wow. always having this expectation of things would be a certain way when we arrived at a oh. certain level or a point or a destination, instead of enjoying the journey along the way. Can you talk a little bit more about that and some things you've learned? Because I think you've got a story that we're going to kind of peel away here as we talk a little bit more. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because in my business, as you know, because you're familiar with um, multi-level marketing or direct sales, there's always ranks, right? So you get one rank and then another rank and then another rank. And so I got to the highest rank of the company. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, now what? 
and I started reflecting on this and I had a conversation with my, my son about it and my son's very insightful. And he said to me, mom, how do you win the game of Pac-Man? And I said, well, you, you, you eat up the little dots. And he says, okay, well, and then what? And I said, well, then, you know, you eat the little bubble thing and, and then you get to eat the ghosts. And he says, and then what? And I said, well, when all the dots are gone, then you go to the next level. And he said, well, and then what? I said, well, then you do the same thing and then you get to the next level. And he says, and then what? And I started to get his point. And he says, mom, the only way to win Pac-Man is to leave the game. And, I, and it was like an aha moment for myself where I realized I needed to leave the game. I needed to leave the game of thinking that my identity was somehow tied to my rank, that my value could be determined by an income or by what I had accomplished. And even though I knew it, it was just one of those moments of feeling like, you know, I'd, I'd reached the summit and there still was so far to go. Um, and so then I did the exact same thing as, you know, of course I started all over again because that's what we do in my business, started a whole new organization, but I'm determined this time that it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the straining. It's not going to be the, you know, pushing to, to try to achieve a rank. Instead, it's going to be, who can I bless? How many people can I bless? And how much can I commune with God along the journey? Because it really is a journey. And I'm so grateful that you've mentioned that. Yeah. And is it, is it that, all right. So for me and, and, and I'm going to see if that's the same for you, that is when we are getting to a place, I'll use some spiritual terms, of rest or mm. peace, mm. where my word, spirit, soul, and body gets in alignment, you know, and we understand our identity, just so many things that just come into alignment. And I can just, I can really even tell from the way you're speaking that even though you have a lot of things going on and you, you know, cancel your podcast appointments and things like <laughs> that, <laughs> but... But you you are just r- relaxed and at peace, and it's really interesting that you've talked about kind of starting over and and even doing a, a whole new organization within the business that you're in. Before we get too much farther, though, I want to back up because mm-hmm. I don't think you, like most of us, have always been this way. Yeah. And so I want to, especially for our listeners, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about the journey because that is to me, the struggle victory or testimony. That's really, I I believe what blesses people. So you at one point were a CPA accountant. Is that correct? And I'm sorry, I have, you know, sometimes we have these paradigms or these thoughts that of what we think a CPA accountant would be. (laughs) And, and did, do you fit that? Did you fit that? I don't know. I mean, I guess I did. I, I did well in it. I was a senior corporate tax manager at PricewaterhouseCoopers. So, you know, I, I worked in that. I had 20 years of tax experience. So um, did I fit that? I, I would say in the one sense, in the sense that I did well, yes, I did. But clearly I didn't because my goal was not to stay. And when I left my job, I actually wrote a poem on the blackboard of my office, a beautiful office, you know, in downtown Toronto, you know, nice window office. All across the blackboard, what I wrote was the poem, A Road Less Traveled. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know how that ends, you know, 
um, I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. And so that, that was really my journey at the time. I was, I was looking for more. I didn't even know what I was looking for at the time. I just knew it was more. And, um, and so that, again, that's part of the eccentricity, I suppose. Why would I leave a six figure income job with all the benefits, you know, um, to get to some more, <laughs> some bag more that I didn't even know what I was looking for, you know? So that's, that was part of that. So I guess, yes, I did fit it and no, I didn't. So why, why did you leave and how difficult was it? There are many people that are probably listening to this, that they're in a position that, that, that it may not allow them to reach their full potential. Mm-hmm. And many of many, especially right now would be saying, why would someone leave a six figure position? I worked corporate for many years also, and I wanted to leave like the second week I was there. I spent the next eight years trying to escape our multi-level marketing business would allowed me to do that. So, so, so I'm curious, why did you leave? And then how were you able to do that? So why I left initially was a combination of wanting more, but also the reason why I wanted the more and what I was leaving for, it's amazing how I, I always call him Jehovah sneaky. You know, so you think you're going down one That's path. That's the name of God. I've, I've heard a lot of the names of God, but I haven't heard Jehovah Sneaky. That's a it's different a translation. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I might Hezekiah need a, chapter four. I might need a, I might need a, I might need a scripture reference for that, Kimberly. We might. We. Yeah, along, along with uh, all of the other random verses that I make up. No, but... Uh, <laughs> The, the sneaky part is that I left to go do ministry. I left because my husband and I had put our marriage back after having fall, you know, fallen apart. And we thought, well, we're going to do marriage ministry. So I actually left to do full-time marriage ministry with no hope of any income. I just really felt a calling and I wanted to write a book and I had this whole goal. <laughs> but the Jehovah sneaky part is what ended up happening is I got pregnant again. So my kids are now 27, 23, 20, and eight. Oh my. So we had a big surprise. And uh, that's uh, who I'm homeschooling now. But it was that, um, that surprise that actually led me to where I am now. So what I initially left for is not what I what I came to, but it's been an incredible journey nonetheless. Wow. Well, I do have a scripture for you. A scripture just popped to mind that will explain that. Okay. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans eight twenty eight, which says, God mm. will use all things for good yeah. for those mm-hmm. that love him. And to me, that scripture is significant right now for the times we're in while we're recording, 100%. because there's a lot of things that we cannot explain and we do not understand. And I don't know about you, but I actually have a high degree of control in my DNA. I like to control situations and I don't like to say people, even though that might be part of me also. And so right now, and definitely with that story, that's the Jehovah sneaky, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's something, we, maybe there's a book there. Maybe we could write a book on that. Jehovah sneaky. <laughs> yeah, that actually, that actually could, could work well. So. All right. Yeah, so, so, so you left the CPA tax yeah. specialist and then uh, I read something about some involvement that you had with real estate mm-hmm. and you may or may not know, but we actually had a very large real estate company 
did very well. Everything was going awesome until 2008. I don't have to tell the rest of that story, yeah. but tell me about your real estate background. And, and it didn't, from the, from the way you wrote about it, it, it was okay, but not great. Am I reading between the lines there? No, not at all. So uh, when uh, I was home and got pregnant and my husband unexpectedly became unemployed, we needed to sell our house and leave. And we were trying to find leave the city, um, basically, because the uh, city of Toronto is very expensive to live in. So we, we packed ourselves up, we had our money, we rented a place and we thought, well, we'll know uh, what, what we're going to do to create income. We're going to flip houses. That's a great idea because by golly, lots of people are doing that and they make lots of money doing that. So that's what we'll do. My husband's good at construction. We had this great plan. So we thought we'll rent a place. And in the mean, in the meanwhile, while we're renting a place, we'll buy a fixer upper, we'll fix it up and we'll flip it. But small little problem is that we, the place where we were renting, they went bankrupt and we had to leave and we had to move into the little house that we were flipping. And then, like I like to say, it wasn't just the house that was flipping <laughs> at that point. We were flipping because uh, it was small. It was crowded. It was under construction. And we started thinking, this is not a fun way to make money. Not at all. So that was our, and we had tried um, before that making money on the previous house that we sold when we left. And, you know, we did okay on that. But it's hard route. It's not easy. So congratulations that you've got a successful business. Uh, real estate business. Well, we had one. We had one. Yeah. We were actually at one point buying three to five houses a month and had the management companies and national coaching business and, and all of that disintegrated around 08. And, and so it went through some very challenging times, but you know, we can go back to the scripture. I see a theme here. Romans eight twenty eight, mm-hmm. is that it led us to become more nomadic. We now travel. We now live in an RV, and mm-hmm. and we look back and realize that we were being most likely prepared for the time that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. And because you know we have little or no overhead, and at one point we had a hundred pieces of real estate we were working with with partners, and so wow. so we're thankful now, but during the time we were going through it, it was very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can only imagine. So that, that kind of brings up a point that we don't shy away from on this podcast. And that is really right. discussing those difficult times, those struggles and, and we don't have to dwell on them, but mm-hmm. we can share some wisdom that we've learned from them. And mm-hmm. especially in the times that we're in now. So is there some things you can share that, I mean, I, I probably can read between the line that the, the real estate and house flipping was probably had some struggles involved, but mm-hmm. anything else that you would want to share? And I'll, I'll use the word testimony, part of your testimony of things you've had to overcome to become who you are today? Yes. So when we sold that house in Toronto, um, at the time, it was really, really, really tight financially. Basically, all of our money was tied up in the house. We needed to renovate the house in order to sell it. And that took all of our capital. We had to borrow money from friends. Um, and then our car broke down. So we had to borrow money to buy a car. Because at one point, um, we were pushing our car away from the house because it didn't work. But we didn't want people to see a broken down car at the house, <laughs> thinking that we were desperate. We were because we were trying to sell a house as being very nice. So we would push our car, you know, as far as we could away from the house. And it was just a desperate time. If we didn't sell that house, we didn't know what we were going to do. 
Uh, we are so much in debt. We were so like both of us unemployed at that point. And so by the time we uh, got our little, and when I say that we bought a house, it was a shack. Like it was really should have been torn down in hindsight, um, but it was all we could afford in addition to renting. And so during those periods of time, I call those the dark years. And I call it that because I didn't see any purpose to what I was going through. I, I mean, I kept pressing into God. I kept pressing into just know him better, kind of like your walks on the golf course. You know, I'm pressing into that just to try to figure out, you know, what what is this about? You know, God, I felt like you were calling me to so much. I felt so much hope. And now I just feel like I'm 45 years old or whatever I was at the time. And, and my life is over. That's how I felt. And um it was a difficult time emotionally. It was a difficult time financially. Everything was, you know, we couldn't afford that. We couldn't afford it. That was the constant narrative. And I think just in that period of, of just darkness and lack of clarity, the, the, what kept me going was just knowing that at the end of the day, I was called to do what I was called to do that day. You know, mm. so I didn't have any hope for the future, no vision. But each day, I just learned, what do you want me to do today, God? Because that's all I can see. So you know what's so powerful about that, Kimberly? From a scriptural and from a follower of Christ standpoint, isn't that really what we're supposed to be doing every day? But yet in our own power, doing in our first world, I, I like to say in our first world culture, we get so overwhelmed with all the other things. But for me, and it sounds like for you, and I'll ask you to either confirm this, but for me, it, it just pushed everything aside. And the only thing that I felt that I have, I had my relationship with my wife and we had our children, but it really was that faith in the father And, and listen, I was whining and I was begging quite a bit. I am sure that if it weren't for his grace and mercy, he did not want to hang out with me that much. (laughs) I'm sure you weren't that way. I'm probably the only one, (laughs) but, but I, I, I'm going to ask you before we move on and talk about your business and all that you're doing now and all the abundance training that you do, we are in a time today, spring of 2020, either when this is going to be released or, or or when we're recording it, it's in early April when we're recording it, that it appears to me that almost everything that the world has had to offer for so long is being just kind of fallen by the wayside, sports, entertainment, uh, all of these things. And it's kind of like, the, and even our many church gatherings in, in religion, it's like all we have really left is that personal relationship. So can, can you just kind of let people know, you obviously have been through that. I've been through that. Other people yeah. have. Can you speak yeah. some encouragement to people that may either right now or in the near future, they may be facing some of those dark times, like you said, and, and they can be very dark. I mean, I, I hate to even think about some of the thoughts that went through my head during those yeah. times as a husband and a father. Because we could be seeing some of that, but there is hope at the end of that. Can you just speak, minister to us a little bit related to that for this time that we're in right now? Yeah, so I want to share the encouragement that was really, really life-giving to me. And that is somebody 
um, who I really respect, he was explaining that when we are in this period of darkness, people are saying, you know, is this God that's doing this? You know, is this the enemy that's doing this? You know, did I sin? You know, what, what is it that's doing this? And the truth is all of the above, right? God is working and he is shaking things up. I believe that in the season that we're in right now, he is shaking what can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And it's exactly what you and I went through already in those dark ages and those dark times. It's like everything fell away, but what never fell away was our relationship with each other, our relationship with God. That could not be shaken. That's the thing that remained. And so he's doing some shaking right now. And I think this is a time to reprioritize. As I heard somebody say, you know, people say that 2020 is the year of perfect vision. It's actually not. 2010 is perfect vision. 2020 is perfect hindsight. So now we have the chance to look back and say, yeah. what could we get right? What, what, where did we go off? And even for myself, it's like, I was, I, I'm just thinking now, like all the things that I was fussed about a month ago, it's like, they're just not even important anymore. So this is a time to recalibrate and to really focus on what's important. So God is shaking. The second thing is the enemy working. I believe so. And our job as sons and daughters of God is to stand up and to rebuke, but only after we've done the internal work of repentance and getting ourselves aligned. And then thirdly, have we sinned to that extent? That's where the repentance comes in. Is there sin going on in the world? Yes, for sure. You know, some collective repentance will be good there, but, but I don't think we should be too fussed about trying to figure what parts what, but just recognize that there is a time when God is just bringing us into that quiet room that, that secret place. And he's saying, you know, seek me, you will find, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the time to get so close to me so that no matter what happens around you, we're going to be right in the center of the storm where it's calm. Yeah, that is so good. Thank you, Kimberly, for sharing that. That's, uh, that's almost like a nice clip that we should kind of capture and share. And it, 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 it so reminds me of for the last number of weeks I've been listening. There's an app that I have that actually reads scripture, and I've been listening to the Sermon on the Mount, which yeah. which many people would say, well, that doesn't seem to really apply to the times we're in. Oh, no, it applies extremely well. And especially the thing that jumped out to me, the vision I saw as you were speaking, was that some will build their house on sand, mm. and some will build their house on a rock. Mm. And the challenge that we have is if we back up in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches on material possessions, and you can't serve two gods. You can't serve God and mammon. And I'm going to ask you about money and success shortly because we're in business, and it relates. But there were times in my life where I got them out of balance. I was seeking the things of the world from Matthew 6.33 instead of you know, the kingdom and yeah. his righteousness. And, and I think the difficulty that a lot of people have is just what you said. They're trying to make sense of this from their financial aspect, from their bank accounts. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, I don't mean this in a bad way, but to me, it's irrelevant. And, yeah. and it's irrelevant because of the experiences I've been through. But had you talked to me in 2008, 9, and 10, I would have been arguing with you big time if you said yeah. that. Because <laughs> it, was, it was a dark time. Right. So, yeah. so, so that's a great lead-in to you teach and talk about abundance. Mm. And, and in the circles that we run in, we're, you know, we're entrepreneurs. We're business people. 
some people that are followers have have maybe been involved. We we actually for a number of years went to what was called a prosperity gospel church, which like most movements, there's good things about it and there's bad things about it. Mm-hmm. And, and it fed some things in me that were good and it fed some things that were not so good. But I, I would love for you to talk about the relationship between abundance, God, money, success. I'm just going to kind of throw all those at you all at once and let you just talk to us about that. Cause I know you have some teaching and training on that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit and maybe we'll even let people know how they can get to it. Mm-hmm. But can you, can you just talk? We're building on something here. Can you just continue talking about those? Yeah. Yeah. That's just, it's just such a, I mean, like you, how do we have a week? Because like, I can go on this for a week. I, I am so excited about this topic of abundance. And I have to tell you, you know, when all of this started coming down this spring, I'm thinking, man, is this, is this still, is this still a thing? And, and then I remember waking up one morning and I, I just was saying to myself this over and over again, I have good news. And I was, everybody who called me that day was like, I got good news. I'd be like, what? It's like, God's told me all of his promises are still valid. <laughs> and the truth is that's, Nothing has changed. You know, the whole course that I wrote, Life More Abundantly, comes from John 10, 10. And it says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that hasn't changed. You know, it's not like God changes my Like, oh, no, pandemic. No, this is different now. No, same situation. And how we approach what's happening now. Um, if we come from an abundance mindset, it's going to change everything. If we come from a place of lack, that's where fear is breeding. That's where lack um, and not giving to people in need is breeding. I mean, nothing good comes from that mindset of lack. Everything good comes from a recognition that God created enough. There's always enough. And I, I was thinking about this in the terms of um, the Garden of Eden. If you think about what the temptation was in the Garden of Eden, the enemy came to Eve and Adam, who was right there, and he said, you know, uh, if you, God knows that if you eat of it, you will surely die. In other words, he's holding out on you. He's, you're you're going to lack something. If you don't have this, you're lacking. You know, you will not surely die. It's just that God knows that if you eat of it, you know, they had everything in the garden, but the enemy focused on the one thing that they lacked. The more that we focus on what we lack, the more that we're prone to sin. The more that we understand that we are part of a kingdom of abundance, then we lack nothing and that God is our everything and provides our everything. Well, then there is no place for sin. So how does that impact our lives? Well, it impacts everything. There's an abundance in food. And if we know that there's an abundance in food, we don't have to overeat. We can eat moderately. We can take care of our bodies. You know, God intends for us to have abundance in our physical health, which includes how we move our body. When we talk about finances, does God intend for us to have an abundance? Absolutely, he does. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. So us not wanting to steward wealth is actually uh, uh, being unfaithful with God, what God wants to potentially pour out on us. If God wants us to live with um, little, then that's great. We will live with little, but to assume that godliness is connected with living with little is wrong. It's a, it's a, it's a lack mindset. 
I told you I could go on forever. Keep going. Keep going. Because <laughs> I do have a few questions, but I'm going to remember them. So I'll do some follow-ups. Keep going. Yeah. So just I the whole course that I wrote, um, this Life More Abundantly, comes from John 10.10. And really what it started off was actually a customer education program. I just wanted to teach customers, you know, how, you know, how they can, um, you know, eat better, how they can move their body more, how they can be be well in their emotions. And so I was thinking about all these things. But as I started thinking, and I was really praying, and I said, you know, God, what what is it? Why is it that now in my 50th year, I am healthier, and I have more energy, and my relationships <laughs> are better, and I feel more connected to you than ever in my life? Why is it that I feel this, but that's not what I experience and see all around me? What What is it? And so as I started to unpack that question, he showed me that over the past 25-year journey, he has given me the keys and the tools for living in what I currently live in. And that's what I expound in this 10-week course is life more abundantly. Excellent. Now, there's a word that I have adopted that I think it ties in, and that is a word provision. Because what I realized was that when when I started talking about money, something would happen inside me that, you know, we, we talk about mammon and, and I'm, I'm a business guy. I'm kind of wired to do business. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I, I've tried to do, and I don't think I, I'm tricking myself, but I'm just... I, I talk about provision. Is that an okay word to substitute at times in this abundance uh, mindset or, 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 or teaching that you do? So exp- explain to me what provision means to you. Well, provision to me means that you're well-equipped and provided for whatever assignment you have in the kingdom. In other words, we can go back and we could look at biblical stories. We could look back in our lives and we can say that there are times when our bank accounts may not have looked extremely healthy. But now we look back on hindsight, you know, hindsight 2020, like you just brought up earlier. I had everything I needed. I had all the provision at that time. But my my carnal, first world, Americanized or, you know, North Americanized culture made me think that success equals X amount in the bank. Mm. But I was wrong. I had abundance. I had provision. Unless you tell me I'm wrong on that. It's okay for you to tell me I'm wrong. No, I don't think so at all. But I think that part of what I tried to do with the course is to try to... um, separate the word abundance from finances because I think that people only see abundance as finances or maybe an abundance mindset potentially Um, but they don't necessarily see that relationships are meant to be in abundance you know when when Jesus said I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly he didn't say I've come that you might have wealth and have it more abundantly he said life And so life encapsulates wealth. Yeah, we have definitely provision. Um, But it also incorporates how we eat, how we move our body, how we relate to other people, how we treat ourselves when we're not feeling well. And that comes to the whole essential oil thing that I teach about. Um, How we give, how we connect with God, um, all of these things, how we feel, like what's our emotional health at? All of these things are meant to be abundant. Yeah. 
That's, Does that make sense? Yes, that's excellent. And what we'll do is, b- before we wrap up, I'll ask you to tell people where they can go for this course, and we'll include that in the notes. I, I was looking back at my notes, and there's two questions I want to circle back to before we talk business and the journey you've gone through, and, and I want you to educate us on the essential oils, and I'm going to tell you the things that I know or don't know, and and, <laughs> and, and I'm going to not impress you, I'm sure, but... Uh, but sure there's there's two things that you brought up that I want to go back to. One is how I think you might have mentioned it, but the gardening as it relates to life, because from from looking at some of the things you have online, you gardening is is a really key. It's it's really who you are. I mean, you're kind of in the gardening mode. How does that relate to life? Because you made a comment about that on some something that I read. Yeah, so for the the analogy for gardening to me is like you, I mean, there's so many, oh my goodness, I could talk for so many different topics about, about gardening. I, I think I can talk about a whole lot of things <laughs> for ages of time. But for gardening in particular, I mean, if you think about it, what you put, you, so you get this little seed, you put it into the ground, if you, you prepared the soil, and then it grows, right? Isn't that a, an analogy for everything that happens? So a thought. You put a thought in your mind, and if the soil has been prepared for it, then it's going to grow, and that's good or bad. Um, you you invest in someone, you know, in terms of sowing into their lives, and then that grows, and then you have an eternal reward potentially that bears hopefully fifty, a hundred times what's sown. You do that with your finances. You sow, and it grows. And there's there's a universal principle, and, and I say universal in the sense of God created it, not, not in the sense of without God, but the universal principle is that what we, what we sow, we reap, right? There's that whole sowing and reaping principle. And so I think gardening is one of the best ways to actually see that in action, but you learn a whole lot of other things from gardening. You learn that there's a time to sow and there's a time to let things grow. And there's a time to cut down and there's a time to pull out, you know, so there's so many different analogies between life and gardening. I mean, I, I don't want to take your entire podcast for that, but that's yeah, some of it. That's good. And then kind of related to that, one of the things that was so impressive to me as I was looking around on your sites is the branding that you've done for, for you and your courses and your business. And my guess is that the look and feel was very intentional. If it wasn't, I'm going to ask you to tell me that, but can you tell me how you came up? It's the, the colors there's, it seems as if it's summer. Now I know you're in Canada, so I know you're not in a perpetual summer, but everything was very light. Can you talk to us a little bit about branding and maybe even educate us some on, on how you came up with the branding for, for, for you, for Kimberly? Oh, I wish I could take credit for this, but my son will be absolutely thrilled because he does all of my branding. Um, he is um, a marketing. Um, he was a grad in, in school when I started my business and then he graduated and now he works for me. This is what he does. And he takes care of all of my branding and there's so much intentionality. I can't even remember everything that he put into it, but even the colors, like he's very into colors and, you know, purple is royalty and pink is very feminine. And so it's kind of like that 
you know, both of those kind of energies, if you would look at it that way, um, if you see like the branding of by uh, Kimberly Malusa's logo, it looks like an oil drop, mm. um, but it's also showing, you know, kind of two different sides and, um, and, and the, the two different sides mean something different. But the other thing that he told me is that it almost also looks like um, something like that you give birth, like potentially like a womb or, or even a, a, a seed. And so there's the idea of growth. So he's incorporated that into the, the branding. So I can't take uh, credit for it, but I can tell you that he put a lot of intentionality into that. And with life more abundantly, of course, he meant it to look like it was something growing as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, that's kind of interesting. My son is a photographer and branding guy also. And so all of this podcast, and I'm actually redoing a lot of my personal website and coaching, he's done. And I'll, I'll give you a little clue. The kind of the underlying theme is a voice in the wilderness. And oh, it's really interesting. So that. there's a lot of black and white. There's a lot of minimalist. And so that's, it's really cool. And very similar to you, I can take no credit for it. I mean, he <laughs> took me out in the woods one time and we had the, this table and the podcast microphone in my laptop. He was like, okay, we're going to take some pictures of you out in the woods. And so many people comment on that. I'm going, yep. I, I, I was just the person sitting there while he did it. So tell your son, it is fantastic. And, and I, I smiled. It made me smile as I was looking at it and, and just studying and, and looking around there. So, and we'll make sure we put links uh, in the notes so that people can find that because people are going to be going, I want to go see that. I want to go see that. So <laughs> isn't it wonderful that someone who knows us so well can create that brand for us? Though? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting. We say we can't take credit for it, but we, we can sort of take a little bit of credit for them existing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did a pretty good <laughs> yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So that, that brings us up to a really cool part of your story where now you have entered into a business. It's, it's multi-level mm-hmm. marketing or direct sales, direct marketing business. And, and it's dealing with a really cool product, which is essential oils that is kind of one of these, I'll just kind of say it's a hot, sexy product in the world today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I want to give you a smidge of background. We, in the early 90s, I was looking to get out of Bell South, which is where I was working. I told you two weeks in, and someone came up to me and said, do you ever keep your eyes open for making money? I said, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard in my life. Of course I have. And he goes, I think I know you. And I go, no, you don't know me. So, But anyway, we got into the Amway Network, the Amway business, which soap and detergent isn't exactly the sexiest product around, (laughs) but we built it and I retired and I was able to leave Bell South because of that. And a little sidebar for you, I was actually saved in an Amway conference about six months in. And so that's where I I met the father and I received my salvation. So it's kind of one of the reasons why I don't really separate business and faith and finance. All of those things to me are all in one because it has such a big impact on me. So huge impact on us. So tell us the story of how you got involved with this business. And then I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask some pros and cons and the good parts of these businesses. And also go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah. So I don't think I was looking for this at all. I almost think it was looking for me. Right. So it sounds a little cheesy, but, um, 
as a CPA tax specialist, you can imagine that every friend that I knew that sold anything was after me to be, because, oh, you'd be so good at this. It's like, I know I would, but I'm not interested. <laughs> so I, uh, I was always turning that down. So even when I started with doTERRA, which is the company that I am now with, um, my first purchase was with uh, somebody I barely knew, my real estate agent's wife, and I said to her, I'm going to make this purchase, but don't put me on a mailing list and don't talk to me about the business. I'm not interested. So I would, of course, had to eat humble pie since then. But the reason why that was my reaction is because I had been approached so often, you know, and I've been the subject of the bait and switch. You know, you get invited to a, a, a tea and suddenly it's not tea anymore. <laughs> it's something else, right? So I just had such a bad taste in my mouth about direct sales companies, didn't want to be part of it, didn't really think it was a real business. You know, you've probably heard all of those things. But I was absolutely fascinated with the product. And so I was, I guess I was like a closet user, you know, like I didn't want to pretend I was that much interested in it. But of course, she could see my purchases. I was purchasing constantly. It was just the more that I was learning about the essential oils, the more I was thinking, man, if this is true, everybody needs to know about this. Um, and so I got really interested into the, in the oils and then she did a business presentation and I thought, ah, I'm home. Why not? So I went there and what really, um, kind of did it for me was that night. And I know that this, again, may sound cheesy, but it's a true story. I had a dream and in my dream, I heard this song and the song was playing. It was like the most beautiful song that I had ever heard. And I can't even sing it for you, but I remember the parts of the lyrics of the song was, I'm pouring out the oil of healing, I'm pouring out the oil of joy. And I woke up with this song, you know, resonating in my heart. And I just knew that I was being called to this business. And so that began my journey. And it was a journey that I never really intended to go on. I had no idea what it entailed. I didn't have a huge network, you know, all the things you're supposed to have to be successful in network marketing. I didn't have any of those. So I think that I'm, you know, if anybody wants to be encouraged, look at me, you know, <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can do it. But I worked really hard. I loved what I was talking about. I really believed in it. I saw people's lives being changed and that just fueled me, just fueled me. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. And the, the thing that's always interesting First of all, I want to ask a question that I think the term is the direct sales more now than multi-level. Is that correct or does it matter to you or educate people on on those terms so that they understand? Let's let's pretend there's some people listening that they don't really know what we're talking about, but we know some people do. But let, let's let's talk about the terms real quick. Yeah, so I like the term direct sales because I think it helps to explain the mode of sales because there's a, a traditional model of sales, which is that you have like a manufacturer with that then sells to an exporter who then sells to an importer who sells to a wholesaler and then another wholesaler and then another real retailer and so on and so forth. And so there's all these levels and each one makes a cut, right? And I like the idea of direct sales because people can get it. You sell directly from the person who manufactures the product to the customer. So cut out all the people in the middle. And so people can then get the idea that all of that markup that would normally go to all these businesses will then go to individuals like me, who is a homeschooling mom trying to create income for my family. And so it's a very empowering model. And the reason I like it is for that reason, but also because MLM or multi-level marketing 
gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, but anytime I do a business presentation, I always bring up, I, I, I talk the elephant in the room, you know, I have to, because inevitably there'll be people who are thinking, oh, it's a pyramid scheme, you know, and so I like to educate them. No, a pyramid scheme is where money changes hands to buy a business opportunity, but there's no product involved. And yes, the only people who get rich are the people at the top. That's a true story because it's a pyramid scheme. It's illegal. It's not allowed. Um, in Canada or the United States or most parts of the world. And that's not what this is. What we have is a valid business opportunity. And I can guarantee you that it's not the only people at, at the top that get rich because underneath me, about five levels down is someone who makes double what I make. So clearly she did okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you've reached some fairly impressive levels in this business. Can you ed- educate us or tell us what the levels are and, and, you know, if you could equate it to, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily like when people share incomes or things, but maybe volume or something that kind of gives people a feel for the, for the size business you have and maybe the number of people that you're impacting that are in business for themselves that work with you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's different levels, like you said, and I'm, I'm what would be called the highest level of the company, which is a presidential diamond leader. And then I started myself uh, another organization. So once you hit that level, you can start all over again. And so I'm starting from the bottom again. Um, I have about 2 million U.S. of sales every month. Uh, actually, it's PV. So the sales in dollars would be about 2.5 to 3 million, depending. Um, there's about... 70,000 people in my organization and about 3,000 of them are actively earning, uh, like um, doing the business. And um, I think we're now in 46 countries. I can't remember how many countries, but lots of countries. And then in terms of income, you know, all I'll say is I'm super grateful. Um, In a good month, I can make more than what I made in my previous job in a year. So that's, that's pretty phenomenal to have just that opportunity. Yeah. And, and I just, I want to kind of almost repeat what you said. You just mentioned that you have a business that is doing volume over 2 million. You probably don't have a physical location necessarily. (laughs) And we're, we're in an interesting time where real estate and commercial real estate and people are trying to work from home. You are already working from home, correct? And <laughs> yes. And the three thousand that are active, and the seventy thousand that are probably in and out some, and all they're already working from home, right? They're independent business owners, right? Yeah, we're all laughing at people from corporate because I just got off a call with corporate, um, which is corporate DoTerra, and like you can hear the kids and the dogs in the background, and we're we are all laughing because it's like now you know what we deal with every single day. This is life as usual for us. <laughs> right, right, right. So, and 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 one of the things that we like to do is I I think any discussion about business. It's, you know, we could kind of tell stories and people think it's the most awesome, incredible thing. But then there's also some some downsides to it. I'll give you I'll give you one example from our 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 days in the 90s. We used to say one of the best things about our business was the people. And one of the worst things about it was the people. Anything that you're open to be able to share that you could say, you know, this is this is a pro. But then there are some cons. And here are some of those. Just I like I like to be. I like to be real transparent if that's okay. Oh, I so love that. The best thing about it is the people and the worst thing about it is the people for sure. I mean, 
people are people. And I've come to have this saying that I say over and over again with my team members when I'm doing mentor calls is like, you know, people are funny. <laughs> that's, that's about as far as I can get. People are funny because it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking at times when you can invest so much in someone and then they don't believe in themselves and they, they're out, you know? It's, it's really heartbreaking because I really care about people. I really love people. I, I mean, my team knows that I love them and that I'll do anything to help them to succeed, but the only thing I can't do is work for them. Um, I can give them every opportunity, every advantage, but if they're not willing to work, I can't do that. So it, it's heartbreaking that way. Um, it's heartbreaking also because I'm entrenched in the stories of the people that I'm, so they go through a divorce. I feel it. You know, their, their child is having trouble. I feel it. So you, you can't be in this. It's like a pastor, right? You can't be in this position and not be caught up in that. If you, if you care, which we do, right? So that's, that's definitely a difficult thing. I think the other thing I love to say about this business is the great thing about this business is you have no boss, no one telling you what to do. You call the shots. The worst thing about this business is that you have no boss, no one telling you what to do. You call the shots, <laughs> which means you have to be super self-motivated. You have to find ways to keep yourself engaged. You have to be able to move forward. You have to get up in the morning and do your daily routines to let you have energy. You have to bring freshness to your team. I mean, they look at you as the fount of all wisdom. You have to have something to say. You know? <laughs> so those are some difficult things. I think the other thing is that um, it's, it's sometimes hard to separate life and business, right? Because what is life? If people ask me how many hours do I, I, I couldn't even tell you because I could be on the phone with somebody talking about them and their kids and then suddenly oh, you know, I've been thinking about building a business with doTERRA and suddenly it's a business conversation, you know? So it, it just, it becomes all, which I love. I actually love it. But for some people, it can be hard. Yeah, it can be consuming. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you being upfront about it. In the economy that we may be seeing, I'm sure that Canada is similar. You know, in the United States, we are at the time of this, we're shut down, basically. And there are very few indicators that say that an economy will be healthy that has not been operating whatever capacity. I mean, some say 70% of our economy is shut down for, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. What do you see your business, a group of independent business people, they are their own boss, they have a solid product, which I'm about to ask you more about the product, but what, what do you see as the future for that if, and we don't, we don't want it, but if we are in some economic, economically challenging times, what happens in your business? That's a, such a great question. And it's something that my team, you know, we've been talking a lot about this. So just uh, some cool facts. Um, I just got off a call with the senior leadership of our company. And last month we had a 14% growth over the previous March. Mm -hmm. So over a year ago, which, which is pretty huge. And we had a 16% increase in new people coming to our business. Um, so uh, that, and in my team, it was even more, it was 32% increase. And so um, is there growth in the midst of this crisis? Yes, for sure. And the reason for that 
is because we offer a product which is actually determined to be an essential service. So, you know, right, right now they're shutting everything down except for essential service. We are essential service because our company has um, healthcare clinics all across the United States, and this is healthcare. Um, we, when, when we're talking about, of course, we never prescribe, treat, we have to put that disclaimer in there, but uh, people are using this to support their bodies. And at a time like this, more than ever, they need to be able to support their bodies. So it's an essential service. So the government recognizes it as such, customers recognize it as such. And uh, we have one product in particular called OnGuard, which is used to keep you on guard, you know, protective blend. Um, and we have an on-guard hand sanitizer, and you can only imagine that we went last month from selling tens of thousands of units to hundreds of thousands of units uh, because that was a, a key thing. Now, it, it, that, that may seem opportunistic, but I don't look at it that way. I look at it as how amazing is it that we have a product that people trust to use at a time when they need protection the most. And so... I see a really bright future for the company and for the product because it serves people at a physical level. And right now, the biggest thing, honestly, to, if, you, if you were to ask me, the biggest issue right now is not even the physical, it's the emotional. And the emotional pandemic of fear is crippling and anxiety is crippling. And to have products that support people at an emotion level is powerful. So I see really, really hopeful um, future from the product perspective. And of course, we're not constrained to location. So that is a good positive. And there's no way to predict, but yeah. yeah. And, and listen, one of the things that I do know about those, that, that business and specifically that product is there's hope. And, mm -hmm. and, and I, th I think what we have right now is we have a deficit of hope because there's so much uncertainty and so my guess, if I were able to talk to maybe not the 70,000 that are throughout your network, but definitely the 3,000 that are the actives, they would have a different disposition about all that's going on because of hope. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I have seen, it's been interesting to see because there's, there's some, not, I would love to say that all 3,000 are, you know, positively minded. There's some that have made the choice to kind of go into the place of fear and the things that they're posting on Facebook are not necessarily uplifting and, and hopeful, but it's actually been reflected in their results. And I think they're starting to see that, like, this is not the time people, we don't, they don't need to be newscasters right now. They need to be offering people hope right now. And when they're doing that, the people who are doing that are, are seeing the results. Right, right. You brought up a product that I was going to ask you about, and that's the OnGuard yeah. product, which I know is a proprietary yeah. blend. And and I want you to know that I have used something in that category for probably going on roughly 10 years. I'm never sick. I, I usually always rub it on my feet when when I get dressed. And, and then, you know, it just, it, it has... Also, we diffuse essential oils in our RV, and we've always done that in our house. And I've already told you I love lavender, 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 everything about lavender. Yeah, but, love it. But talk to us a little bit more about, I think, specifically during this time, that OnGuard product. And I know 
I know we always have to be careful with claims and what something will do. And I used to joke when we were in, in, in our Amway business, I would tell our people, listen, you can't tell people that our vitamins raise the dead. Stop doing that. That's not a good thing to do because we would have some people that would get excited because education is part of what you do. I know. So, so educate us about that product. As we wrap up here, we're up against our time, but I would love for you to Mm -hmm. specifically tell about that product because I think it's significant for the times that we're in. Yeah. So on guard is a combination of clove, cinnamon, eucalyptus, rosemary, and wild orange. And, um, you know, I love to encourage people to do their own research. So if people like to do some research, they can go to a site called PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D.com. And they can search for those essential oils and find some pretty cool things that have been found out about those oils that I'm not necessarily allowed to uh, describe. But you can go there and take a look if you're interested in doing a bit of research. But just know that this blend is super supportive for this time of our lives uh, for all times of our lives i mean that this is why i give it to my son before he would go into any interaction with other kids he always has on guard with him um, and especially supportive right now and so um, it's it's hard to describe exactly what it does in this context i would love to talk to people one-on-one to help them to understand a little bit better how the essential oils work um, but we just know that this is one of the things that is going to be really supportive for people right now, along with oils like bergamot, arbor vitae, which is actually a Canadian oil from the Canadian cedarwood trees, um, and melissa, another really big, um, powerfully supportive oil. Excellent. Well, thank you. And I know, and I know sometimes that's, it's difficult to talk about what these can actually do. And I appreciate your ability to point us to where we can get educated. I will say that I love essential oils. My wife and I do, and we are big proponents. And so we recommend that uh, people check them out and use them. And it's okay to drink all this stuff, right? Is that true? No. (laughs) Uh, Well, for uh, doTERRA's essential oils, we actually have, we're the only company in the world that has every liter tested by a third party. So yes, you can use them internally. Okay. In, in moderation, um, uh, except for ones that have a child safety cap, which would be wintergreen. So wintergreen oil is not good for internal Okay, use. very good. So Kimberly, we could continue talking for a long time, but I, I, I want to be respectful of your time and I want to be respectful of the listener's time. But before I, I have a few questions I'd like to wrap up with, I would like to ask you to share, and we'll attempt to include them in the notes, how people can connect with you. You've given a lot of resources. You've talked about your, your classes. You've talked about your, your business. And so if you could now just share how they can get in touch with you and connect. And again, we'll try to include as much of that as we can in the notes. Oh, super. Yeah, so if they're interested in learning about the Life More Abundantly course, they can go to kimm.me. So that stands for Kim Malusis. So kimm.me slash LMA. And if they go there and they want to use, uh, to make use of that course and, and take advantage of that, they can use a, the code SEEK, S-E-E-K, all capital letters, and that will give them a 20% discount just for your listeners. Oh, thank you. And if you want to learn about the essential oils, you can go to KimberlyMalusis.com and uh, find some information there. But I would say the best way to actually 
purchase the oils if they're interested is to connect with me because this is what I do. I educate. I'd love to understand where they are and sit down with them and come up with a plan that will be specifically suited to them. And I offer that free of charge. There's no cost for my consultation. And again, um, for your listeners, they would get a 20% bonus on the oils that they decide to purchase. Excellent. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I, I'm so excited that you and I were able to speak instead of you doing your dentist appointment. That is, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored. Do my teeth look okay? Are they you know okay? They, they look fantastic. So I think this is a Yay. great use of your time. Nothing against your dentist, but what is, what, what's next for you, Kimberly? What are you excited about or what's next for you that you can share with the audience? That's a really great question. You know, if you would have asked me three months ago, my answer would have been a little different. Um, only because I feel like I'm getting a lot more clarity right now. I, I have to be honest, I, I love what I do. And like I said, I, I enrolled myself again so I can start building my business again. I never want to stop that. I feel like there's too many families that have been empowered. And even if I'm at a place where I can say, no, I'm good for income, that's not why I'm doing it anymore. I'm doing it to empower others. So I'm going to continue that. But I have to tell you, my heart is really caught up in this life more abundantly teaching people about the greatness of God. And I have been really praying into just being able to teach more of the Bible. Uh, I've been, I'm a Bible teacher in my, in my former life as well. Like I developed different courses about that. So I'm excited to do a lot of more, more of that in the future. Um, letting people know that the God who made these beautiful oils is even more amazing than the oils are. And so that's where my heart's at. Wow. And you know, I, I, I strongly believe that you, with your heart, with your skills, with your talent, with your with all that God's blessed you with, you are well positioned to be a blessing to many people in the near future oh, with all this you. going on. So congratulations for that. Last question. Podcast mm-hmm. title is Seek, Go, Create. Which one of those words jumps out at you and why? Oh, for sure. It's the word seek. When I listened to your story about how you came up with that, I, I had a little smile on my face because when I purchased our home that I'm living in right now, it was at a time when, you know, things were still a little shaky financially, but we really believed that God was going to provide a home for us. And I bought the home and I loved it. It met everything on my checklist. And we had a friend visit and he said, I have to ask you, how much did you spend on the house? And I said, well, 633,000. And he said, oh, 633, Matthew 633. And I said, what? He said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And this is after what I called the dark ages, right? And during that period of the dark ages, I had been seeking after God. Like I said, I couldn't find purpose. I couldn't find the why, but I was seeking him for him alone for not for his hand but for his face and so when i heard you say that that was the reason why you came up with that word seek was from that same verse i thought that that's so amazing and even at the end of my course i come back to that uh, same verse and i say you can have fitness and you can have your your diet you could be healthy your relationships are great but if you don't have the kingdom of god you don't truly have abundance wow that is such a blessing kimberly thank you so much for joining us This has been, I had high expectations and it exceeded the expectations. I just want to thank you for that. And for those of you listening, if this has been a blessing to you, I just ask a big favor of you, share 
this episode. Share this episode. I know that there will be people that would be blessed with all that Kimberly spoke about, with about abundance and business and all of the all of the things that she mentioned. Please share this. It'll help her. It'll help the it'll help the podcast, and I believe it'll be a blessing to the people that hear it. So, thank you for doing that. Thank you for listening to the Seek Go Create podcast, and we will speak with you again soon.